All right, take your Bibles and turn to Genesis chapter 2. And tonight we're going to start a series on what the Bible says about. And tonight's topic is what the Bible says about marriage. What the Bible says about marriage. And it's the word marriage is mentioned, or marriages, is mentioned 22 times in 21 verses in the Bible. You'll find the term wedding seven times in seven verses in the Bible. And the word wedding is only mentioned in the New Testament. It's the only place it's mentioned. And so marriage, you say, well, there's a lot of, a lot of people have a lot to say about marriage. That's true, but we're going we're gonna to look and see what the Bible says about it. We're not so worried about what people on TV say about it, Dr. Phil and Oprah and all that bunch. We don't care what they think. We're going to see what the Bible says. Uh, one guy said he'd been happily married for 10 years, and he said 10 out of 30 wasn't too bad. <laughs> Another couple said they had a beef stew marriage. He said, uh, uh, I beef and she stews over it. <laughs> oh, boy. You know, sometimes all you can do is just laugh. <laughs> all right. Now, there's several different things about marriage that we're going to talk about. And tonight, the number one thing, the first thing, the first point I want to talk about is its origin. Its origin. And when I talk about marriage, there's only... Three, um, really there's three great institutions that the Lord started. And the first institution that God gave to man was marriage. And the second one was human government. You say, well, how's humans in charge? Only because God allowed it to be that way. And they won't be in charge forever. The Lord's coming back and he's, he's going to fix things. Don't you worry about that. And then thirdly, the church. The church is not a man-made organization. The church is God-made. And so there's a big difference right there. But tonight, we're not talking about that. We're talking about the first one. We're going to talk about the institution of marriage. And it just so happened that God presided over the very first marriage ceremony. And not only that, God invented marriage. If it wasn't for God, there wouldn't be anything such thing as marriage. It's a divine institution. Some people say, well, it's a contract between two people. No, it's a divine institution because God is the one that's behind marriage. Now notice some things about it, and we'll start here in Genesis chapter number 2. I'm just going to read the very first, how it all got started. If you want to know where it got started, it's in the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, the Bible says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help mate for him. Do you realize up to that point, God made Adam, and he was the only person alive. And God said, It's not good for him to be alone. People get lonely when they're by themselves. As a matter of fact, uh, I hate to say it, ladies, but God probably looked at man and said, he's going to need a little help. <laughs> Maybe a whole lot of help. <laughs> yeah. And the Lord God said, it's not good that man should be alone. He said, I will make him and help meet for him. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast out of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found an helpmate for him. Now, people always say, well, well, you need a helpmate. No, it's a helpmate. It's not a helpmate. A helpmate, and what that means is this woman or woman meets the need that man has. You say, well, how does it work out so perfectly? That's how God designed it. The designer is not man. The designer is God. And he's the one that started marriage, and he knows what he's doing. Verse 21, 
And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh there instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. Look at that. The first operation that you've ever read about that ever happened is the, not only that you ever read about, it's the first one that ever happened. God got out his anesthetic stuff and he put Adam to sleep. They didn't even have anesthetics back then, but, they, but God did. And he put Adam in a deep sleep. And he put him in that deep sleep and he took from the side of Adam one of his ribs and he made a woman out of that. And the verse 23 says, And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of a man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. And so there you have it. That's how it all started. That's how it all got going. And so there's some things that you need to know. And the first marriage ceremony took place was with God. And God started marriage. It's a divine institution. And so God sets the rules on marriage. We don't get to set them. I mean, everybody tries to change the rules and that kind of thing. But that's not the way it is. It's God that sets the rules. Now, for instance, take your Bible and go to Matthew chapter 19. Matthew 19. And I'm really not going to spend a lot of time on this. That's not what I'm after tonight. But I'm going to say it in passing. Matthew chapter number 19. Matthew 19, just give you a little Bible for what we got here. Matthew 19. Matthew chapter number 19, the Lord talks about marriage a little bit. All right, Matthew chapter 19, and check Matthew 19, verse number 4. And he answered and said unto them, Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? And said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, and shall cleave, and cleave to his wife, and they twain, those two, shall be one flesh. All right? One thing that we know about marriage, it's a male, female. It's a man and a woman. So that makes a marriage. You've got to have a man and a woman, or you can't really have a marriage, because that's the way God set it up. And really, it doesn't work right without that because part of the reason for marriage is reproduction. Do you realize without marriage, you couldn't have, the earth couldn't get filled? And so God set it up that way. And that's how God set it up, so that's the way it is. Another thing that we read about here is it's not just male and female, it's one man and one woman. In other words, there's no such thing as polygamy. Take your Bible and turn to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter number 7. And so you got the Mormons and folks like that, and they say they don't believe in that anymore, but they used to, and there's still a whole bunch of them that claim to. Some of those Mormons out there in Utah, and whether they admit it or not, they got to kind of keep it quiet, I guess you could say. And so they believe that, I mean, Joseph Smith started the Mormon religion. He had 48 wives. I question his sanity. <laughs> He was insane. You say because he had that many wives? Well, yes, and they had to be insane to fall for that. Both parties were insane. <laughs> That's crazy. 48 wives is 48 mother-in-laws. He was asking for it. First Corinthians, but he was really a wicked person. First Corinthians chapter number 7. First Corinthians chapter 7, verse 2. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, now watch this closely. 
Let every man have his own wife, and let every woman have her own husband. Then every man ought to have his own wife, not wives, and every woman ought to have her own husband, not husbands. That's pretty clear. And so you don't get to say, well, I'll get me about three wives or three husbands. I don't think women want three husbands anyway, do you? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't never heard of anything like that. Men are the dumb ones, you know. <laughs> and so they'll say, well, I want 40 wives or 30 wives. Muhammad, Muslim, started the Muslim faith. Muhammad had 12 wives. When he was 54, he married a nine-year-old girl. Now, you know what we do with people like that in Arkansas. That doesn't work out very well. But, I mean, that was a mess is what that was. That's a terrible thing. But anyway, it's one man plus one woman. That's how God designed it. God gave Adam Eve. I believe that God has somebody for everybody. Now, sometimes you look around and you say, surely that person is never going to have him." But you know what? You can look in the mirror too, can't you? You can look in the mirror and say, well, I don't know how I got married, but thank God I did. <laughs> God had mercy on me. You know, men fall in love with what they see. It's not that way with women. or You'd never get married, men. Women fall in love with what they hear. I mean, if women had to fall in love with what they see, there'd never be a marriage in the world. Because I've never seen a good-looking man in my lifetime. <laughs> That's right. They fall in love with what they hear. That's just the way it works out. It's the way God set it up. I guess he had mercy on man doing it that way. <laughs> and so anyway, that's just the way it is. Uh, the way the Lord did things and the way things work out. But anyway, uh, marriage, uh, something else about this. We're talking about its origin still. So we say it's between one man and one woman. We say that very clearly in the Bible. One man and one woman. Uh, one time there was a couple sitting out on the front porch drinking coffee one morning. And they looked over there and their, na their neighbors, new neighbors, were sitting on their porch drinking coffee. About that time, that new neighbor man, he reached over and he just gave a big smooch right there on the lips to his wife over there. And the, the, the one sitting there watching that, the lady said to her husband, she said, well, why don't you ever do that? And he, turned, he said, well, I don't even know that lady. Oh, goodness. I don't think that's what she was meaning. Something else about that underneath the origin is the marriage relationship is greater than any other relationship on earth. Now, notice I said on earth. There's one relationship that everybody ought to have that's greater than their relationship with their spouse. Y'all agree with that? That's with the Lord. And so everybody ought to be closer to the Lord than anybody else. But yet here on earth, there's not a greater or better relationship than there should be between a husband and a wife. Now you say, well, I never got married. Well, that's not talking to you. You can have a great relationship with family members and things such as that. I'm talking about between married people. And so married people, they ought to be friends. They ought to enjoy each other. Uh, it's greater than the relationship you even have with your parents. One man said one time, he said, that's why God made rivers and oceans and things like that because when you get married that separates you from in-laws and outlaws and all that kind of thing <laughs> um, but everybody doesn't look at it that way look in uh, ephesians chapter 5 we'll turn back to ephesians some more before this is over ephesians chapter 5 ephesians 5 Ephesians 5 gives you a whole lot about marriage. 
and we'll get under one of these points where we really talk about that. But I'm not going to talk too much about it right now. I just want to give you one little thing out of this. In Ephesians 5, verse 31, For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother. And so, when the marriage takes place, before the marriage takes place, a person's under the authority of their parents. But once they get married and they join together, they're no longer under that authority anymore. That's just the way it happens. They leave. To be honest with you, really, if it's the way God set it up, you probably shouldn't leave till you get married. Well, you will just stay home. You say, well, I'm 70. <laughs> well, you can go ahead and leave. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but there ought to be a point, you know. Amen. But... I don't understand why these kids are in such a hurry to get out. They always want to get out, you know. That usually turns out bad. Might as well just stay home. I look back, and man, I had it really, really good. I didn't pay bills. I ate all, I mean, they bought groceries. I didn't even buy groceries. It's wild. And there I was, working, making money. I could do anything I wanted to with it. And then... You think, well, you'll just move out. So you move out and you get you a, rent you a place or buy you a place. And they're saying, you know, you're broke all the time. You might as well wait till you get married to do that. <laughs> you can save more money that way. <laughs> but anyway, that's just the way it is. But people are funny about stuff. Always funny. But that's probably the best way. But you know what? Once people get married, they're not under that rule or that, yeah, the rule of their parents anymore. Once they move out, that's the way it is. My daddy was real funny. He always thought if you lived in his house, you had to go by his rules. I don't know why he thought that, just because he's paying for everything, I guess. I don't know. But you know what? He was right. That's the way it's supposed to be. You live at home, you go by their rules. That's how it works. All right. Um, so we see its origin, and we see some things about it, some uh, things that we need to know about it. But there's more than that, too. Let's talk about its prerequisites. There's prereqs to being married. You say, well, there is. Of course there is. Take your Bible. Let's turn over here to 2 Corinthians. I'm going the wrong way. Um, 2 Corinthians, about chapter 6. And let's see some prereqs on getting married. Now, this is important stuff, too. Most people don't think there's prereqs. A boy sees a girl and says, boy, she's pretty. And a girl sees a boy and she says, I like him. And they're saying, you know, they just go get married. They never talk to anybody about it. They never pray about it. They never do anything. They just go get married. You know, that's really a dangerous situation. You don't get married on looks and the way somebody talks. You better have some more to it than that. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. Notice verse 14. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness? The answer to those questions are all the same. None. Now, here's the thing. Saved people ought to marry saved people. I've said that many times, but I've got Bible for why I say that. If a saved person marries a lost person, that lost person is going to drag you down in your spiritual life. 
And the Bible, God didn't set it up that way. Christians ought to marry Christians. You say, well, there's people that get saved to lost, saved people marry lost people. They do. And you say, what do you do if that happens? Well, you stay together and you pray and hope you can win them to the Lord's what you do. They don't give you a right to change things then. But what you do is before that ever happens, before you ever get married, just go ahead and make, you ought to write down some things. You ought to say, are they saved? Check. Then go down to the next thing, the next thing. And you ought to have a list of some things. Now, number one, to be honest with you, God's going to be in it. God has somebody for everybody, and, and God will work it out for you. When God gets ready, people say, well, I just can't find anybody. And about that time, out of the middle of nowhere, somebody will show up. This will happen. You'll meet somebody, somebody something will happen, and God gets in it, and you say, huh, I guess there was somebody. But sometimes you can get two saved people together, and they're not right for each other either. But the number one thing is the Bible teaches you ought, saved people ought to marry saved people. Christians ought to marry Christians. It works better that way. It's unnatural for a saved person and a lost person to marry. One wants to go to church. One doesn't want to go to church. One wants to serve God. One doesn't want to serve God. You say, well, my spouse is saved and they still don't want to serve God. Well, just pray for them. <laughs> but at least they're saved. Amen. At least they're saved. But anyway, that's the number one prerequisite. And it's so often you see where saved people are marrying lost people and they wonder why it doesn't work out. It never hardly works out. And not only that, and I don't mean this to be ugly, but I'm a Baptist and I don't mind saying it, but Baptists ought to marry Baptists. You're asking for trouble. If you're a Baptist, and I'm not speaking negative about other religions, it has nothing to do with what I'm talking about, but if you're a Baptist and you marry a Methodist, or if you're a Baptist and you marry a Church of Christ, or if you're a Baptist and you marry a Catholic, it's probably not going to work out right. You say, well, they're saved Catholic. They're saved. That makes no difference. What are you going to do? When you're going to raise kids, which church are they going to go to? Which church are you and your spouse going to go to? Well, I'll go to one and they'll go to the other one. Well, you're on the wrong foot already. You don't want to go marry somebody you can't even go to church with or won't go to church with you. Man, that's a big deal. You have kids, and I know people right now, I know people, and I knew people when I was growing up. One was Baptist, one was Church of Christ. Both of them were good people, by the way. They really were. They were good people, good citizens, good all that, had good morals about them. He raised his kids, his boys, Baptist, had two boys and two girls. And she took her two girls, Church of Christ. Part of the family went to the Baptist church, part went to the Church of Christ. Now, you know that's a big mess right there. That's a big mess. And I'm going to tell you something else. When people get married, they don't consider they might have kids someday. And your kids are going to suffer over that thing. And what's going to happen is your kids are going to be raised in two different religions if you're not careful. And so there's no... And your grandkids. Do you realize that you can have an effect on your grandkids? You really can. Because if you marry someone of a different religion, and they don't want to raise the kids the same religion as you do, then... The kids end up a different religion. Then they're going to raise their grandkids that religion. And so you could cut a whole bunch of that out by just marrying right to begin with. You know, there's millions and millions and millions of Baptists in America. It's not like it's slim pickings. I mean, they're everywhere. And so, you know, that's just the right way. It's the best way. And it's, I believe it's God's way. How can two walk together except they be agreed? That's Amos 3.3. 3. The truth is you can't. It's hard. Marriage is hard enough without having to worry about what religion you are. 
I can tell you right now, had I not been Baptist, me and Elizabeth wouldn't have gotten married. You say, how do you know that? You, you sure seem spiritual. Had nothing to do with me. Her daddy. Oh, yeah. She wasn't seeing a, a guy or dating a guy that wasn't Baptist. And I'm going to tell you something else. She wasn't seeing a guy or dating a guy that wasn't the same kind of Baptist as she was. You say, well, I don't believe in that. No matter whether you believe in it or not, that's the way it was going to be. Her daddy didn't care whether you believed in it. It was his house and his daughter. But you know what? He did her a great justice by sticking to that. You say, well, you think you're a prize. No, that ain't what I mean. If it wouldn't have been me, it would have been another Baptist that believed like them. I mean, in, in that regard, he did a great thing. He did right, didn't he? Sure he did. Of course he did right. You say, well, I just don't believe that you ought to be able to tell your kids who they can date. Stuff. Listen, you can't pick out your kid's spouse. You just can't do that. That's God's business. But I can tell you right now, if a meth head's wanting to come take my daughter out, he can forget it. Not when, he's living at, not when she's living at my house, he ain't doing it. And I'm going to tell you something else. If a different religion, somebody believed totally different than we did, uh-uh. That ain't happening. You say, why? Because I want my kids, I want the best for them. Which there's not any good boys anyway. <laughs> I only have daughters. <laughs> I'm joking, guys. I'm joking. I think we got some good ones around here even. All right. And some bad ones. <laughs> got some of each. You say, which one am I? I can't say tonight. <laughs> You're all right. As long as you don't talk to my daughters, you'll be fine. <laughs> but anyway, there's prerequisites. There's prerequisites for getting married. Those are some things that are important. Very important. Very, very important. All right. Um, there's more. You say there's more. It's kind of like that commercial. And there's more. The next thing, how about its model? We're speaking on marriage. What the Bible says about marriage. Let's talk about its model just a little bit. You say, what's its model? Well, I'm glad you asked. Turn back to Ephesians chapter 5. I'll answer that. In Ephesians chapter 5, the Lord saw fit to give us a chapter over here that speaks about marriage. And he talks about the different roles in marriage. And he tells us how marriage is made up. And this is not what I get to choose. It's what the Lord did. This is his business. It's not mine. Meantime, you start teaching on this, somebody will get mad. and say, well, I just don't believe in all that kind of stuff. Well, take it up with the Lord. I didn't write it. He did. But I'm not going to be mean-spirited about it because I don't have any reason to be. But you don't have to be mean-spirited. Look down here in verse 21. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. That's a good verse. And then it says, wives... Now, that's not written to you, husbands. You say, well, let me show her this. That's not written to you. That's written to her. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands, not somebody else's husband, as unto the Lord. You say, well, another husband comes and starts telling your wife what to do. Well, it's none of his business. That's none of his business. Sometimes a wife will treat her husband in a great deal of respect if he's the right kind. And then another guy comes in, and he thinks, well, he'll just start bossing her around. So, no, it doesn't work that way. That's not what it says. It says, why submit yourselves unto your own husbands? You say, what do you tell that guy? Go get your own wife. That's what you do. It's that, that simple. Amen. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. I hate to say it, but years ago we had a guy that got up, and he was, um, gonna give, he was a layman in the church, and he was going to give a lesson on this passage. 
And his wife was what you call a women liberal. You say, whoa, I can't believe you said that. Well, she was at such a degree that she was against the Bible. Okay? I don't think women ought to be mistreated either. That has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. You shouldn't mistreat anybody. and You shouldn't mistreat a, I mean, a man that mistreats a woman, he's not much of a man. He's not much of a man. But anyway, she was such a women liberal that when he got to this passage, he had a Sunday school book, and this was the passage. He skipped verse 22 and refused to read it because she told him he couldn't. Now, when you can't read the Bible, you got big problems at home. <laughs> you got big problems. So I, I don't like that verse. I don't care if you like it or not. I didn't write it. All I did was read it. That's all I did. But as far as the Bible's concerned, the wife's role is to be submissive to her husband. That's scripture. The word submit means to yield, resign, or surrender to the power, will, or authority of uh, someone else. And so that's what the Bible speaks of when it's talking about the wife's role. Um, you say, well, there's not a lot, a lot of wives submit. Don't worry, I'm, gonna, I'm going to the husbands. I'm going for the throat on them in just a second, okay? <laughs> but you say, well, there's not a... Um, wives don't want to submit to husbands. Well, you don't have to, but you're out of the will of God if you don't do that. I've had people, and they say, well, we get married, don't read that verse right there. I, th I thought, well, I wasn't going to. It's not even in my marriage ceremony, but I think I might read it now. <laughs> What's the problem here? Here's the, here's the number one thing, ladies. Don't, you say, well, I don't want to, there's, I don't know a man I want to submit to. They don't get married. It's real simple. You don't have to get married. You don't have to. There's nobody got a gun to your head and said, you got to get married. You don't have to do that. But that submitting, it's not like a man ought to have crazy control over a woman. That's not what this is. What this is, is the man ought to be the lead in the home. There's a big difference, see. It's not like, get under my foot or... You know, dragging her by the hair like a cape. <laughs> I don't know where they get to. That ain't working in Arkansas, friend. <laughs> you say, why? Because we got some redneck women, and they would hurt you. That's what would happen to you. Like a guy told me today, this really happened. And he knew a guy that come home, and he got drinking a little bit, and he was beating up on his wife. And um, anyway, um, she got tired of it. He come home drinking a little bit, and he beat her up pretty good, and then he passed out in the bed. When he woke up, she had sold him in the sheets, and she had a broom handle. And he said, "Get me, get, let me out of here. What are you doing? Let me." She said, "Not until we have a little talk first. And she worked him over all morning. And she said, "Now next time you'll be dead." He said, "Well, that's not very nice. Then don't beat a woman. That's pretty. They're pretty simple." I don't like violence either, but a man that, let me just say, a man that would touch a woman in a harmful way, he's not a man, he's a mouse. Don't even call yourself a man. That's wrong. So anyway, but that's true. True story right there. <laughs> but the woman's, the woman's role, you say, what's her role? Well, her role is to submit to her husband. She's to follow him. You say, that's not popular. It may not be popular, but it's still Bible. Still Bible. I've told you the story many times, and we've got so many new people, I haven't told it in so long, there's many people that's never heard it. And years ago, there was a farmer, and that farmer, he was going to teach his son a little lesson about life. And he said, son, he said, hook up the brown mule and the black mule. And he said, we're going to go down the road and hook them up to the wagon. He said, what for, daddy? He said, just do what I said, I'm going to show you. 
he hooked up the brown mule and the black mule. And he said, now fill the back with the chickens. He said, chickens? He said, what are we doing that for, Daddy? He said, don't worry about it. Just put them in there. I'm going to teach you a life lesson. They began down that road, and they were going pretty good. And he said, we're going to go to each house, and we're going to find out. We're going to knock on the door. When the man comes out, we're going to ask him if he's the head of the house. And if he is, we're going to let him have the brown mule or the white mule. But if he's not the head of the house and his wife's head of the house, he gets a chicken. Well, they got going real good, and they went to the first house, and they got down there. And um, he knocked on that door, and a man came out, and he said, Sir, he said, I'm here with my son. I'm just trying to teach him a life lesson. He said, Would you be honest with us? He said, Sure. He said, Are you the head of this house? And he said, Well, I kind of hung his head. And he said, I'd like to say that I am, but I'd have to say, really, my wife runs things around here. He said, well, we appreciate your honesty. He said, we're going to give you a chicken today. He said, well, thanks. We'll fry that baby up. You know? Gave him a chicken, went down. Three or four houses, same way, chicken. Finally, they went to this last house and got there, knocked on the door. And this farmer come out, and, and he said, excuse me, sir, I'm teaching my boy some life lessons. He said, would you mind telling me who's the head of this house, you or your wife? He said, well, I'll let you know I'm the head of this house. He goes, wow, you're the first man on this road that said so. He said, I told my boy that the first man that said he's the head of the house, I'm going to let him pick one of my mules. You can have the brown mule or the black mule. Which one you want? He goes, really? He said, that's right. He said, I'll take the brown mule. About that time, his wife overheard him, and she said, no, get the black mule. He said, Hushbacker. He said, I want the brown mule. She said, oh, come on, honey. Look at the black mule. It's better. Get the black mule. That's the one I like. He said, all right, we'll take the black mule. And the farmer said, no, sir, you'll take a chicken. <laughs> That's all right. Brother Fred's got a mule in his yard. You still got it out there? Sister Christina bought it for him after the, hearing that joke 20 times. <laughs> what color is it anyway? Brown. She wanted brown, didn't she? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, so what are we saying? We're saying it's model. God's given a model right here. And you say, what's the model? Well, look in verse 23. For the husband is the head over the wife, here's your model, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he's the savior of the body. Now, what that's telling you and telling me is this, the church and marriage is likened together. Who's the head of the church? It's Christ. We're his body. He's the head. So... The head is over the body. And what he's saying is in marriage, marriage is likened into the church. And while man is not Christ and nowhere near Christ, that's not what he's saying. What he's saying is he takes on the role that Christ has with the church in marriage in being the head. And the woman takes on the role as the body, as the church. He's likened unto Christ. He's not Christ. She's likened unto the church. She's not the church. But that same situation how God set it up that's how he set marriage up is what he's saying and so anyway that's the way it is and so you say well well what should a woman do she ought to submit to her husband in that regard but notice this let's talk about the husband's role a little bit you couldn't wait for that could you men <laughs> all right verse 25 or look at verse 24 therefore as the church is subject unto Christ so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything and that's right Husbands, here, okay, it's not written to you ladies, it's written to you men. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. 
So the woman is told to submit to the husband. The husband's told to love his wife even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. How much did life did Christ love the church? How much? Enough to die for it, didn't he? Not only enough to die for it, he did die for it. That's a great love he had right there. You know what a husband's supposed to do? He's supposed to be willing to die for his wife. That's how much he ought to love her. In other words, if it came down to it, and somebody was about to attack you and your wife, and one of you had to go, and they was going to shoot her, you step in front and you take the bullet. You say, well, how come? Because that's what God said. And if you don't love your wife in that regard or that much, then you're not right with God. Now, let me tell you a little trick about that. Here's what I believe, because I'm just giving you Bible evidence, because I know God doesn't make mistakes. I really believe that if a man loves his wife the way God tells him to, and she sees that and knows it, She'll follow that guy because God set it up that way. Don't you think so? That's God's recipe. But the problem is you got too many men that love themselves more than they love their wife. And it shouldn't be that way. A, a man ought to always put his family first. Even though he's the leader of the family, he ought to put them first. That's the right way to do it. It's the Bible way. It's what the scripture teaches us. And so we talk so much about the wife submitting, but we don't talk too much about this. And it's really important. And so he's to lead the family. He's the spiritual leader. The spiritual leader. I wonder why it's so many women have to drag their husbands to church when the husband ought to be bringing the wife and family to church. That's the right way. Thank God for a woman that would do that, though. But it ought to be the husband. He ought to say, hey, let's get around. We're going to church today. You know what I found out about good wives? They're all for that. A good wife, she wants to go to church. She wants her husband to take her to church. Ain't that right? That's the way God set it up. Sure it is. God wants it that way. Now the husband's over the wife. You say, well, she's to submit to him. That's what it says. I don't believe that that means he's got his thumb over every little thing in her life. I don't think that's what that means. I think it's a submissive attitude to a man that loves her more than he loves himself. And she's allowing him, not getting in the way of God's plan, she allows him to lead the family. That's what she's doing. That doesn't mean that he has, you can't do that, you can't go shopping, you can't never do It's not a prisoner. That's not how God set that up. And that's never going to work anyway. See, a husband and wife ought to be able to trust one another enough that they can do things. When the other one's not around, it's not that big a deal to them. It's just the way it's supposed to be. But at the same time, they enjoy doing things together. And they should enjoy doing things together. It's the way it's supposed to be. And so... That's the way it's got to be. But so many times people get that a little bit backwards, you know. And they, they just say, well, i got every little thing. And I mean, I'm talking about like with an iron fist. That's not going to work in marriage. That will not work. Not work at all. Amen. So you got to lead a family the way the Bible says so. That's, that's the husband's job. If the husband's not doing it, he's not doing it right. And he's got to love the wife more than he loves himself. The Bible says when they get... Married, they become one flesh. One flesh is what it says. Now, let me say this. If the church is Christ's body, when the husband and wife get married, they become one body. She's his body, but they become one body together. I'm going to tell you what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to get me a good saw and start sawing my arm off today. You say, why? I don't like pain. Why would I do that? You'd have to be crazy to do something like that. 
I mean, I'm not going to sit there and saw them all. That'd hurt my body. In the same regard, I'm not going to do something intentionally that's going to hurt my wife. Because if I love her the way the Bible tells me I'm supposed to love her, if I hurt her, I just hurt myself. It would hurt me to hurt her. You say, well, you, you'll probably hurt her sometime. or Probably will because we do stupid stuff. I mean, that's how we are. I'd say but just the way it is. We're not human. I mean, we're not, we are human. We are human is the problem. And you're going to say something to hurt somebody's feelings. You're going to do something somewhere down the line. It's just part of it. But the, the purpose is you're not supposed to intentionally do something like that. And the second thing is if you did hurt your wife, it ought to hurt you. It ought to bother you. It's the way it should be. When you get that in your mind, say, especially young married people, they can't get that going. Because the, the young man wants everything about him. The young lady wants everything about her. It ought to be together. One, one together like that. And it takes a long time to learn those things. Uh, they, they say about the time you really learn how to treat one another is at the end. <laughs> it's over, you know, sometimes the way it is. And, and uh, it's the end of the marriage. You know, you've been married for years and years and years. And anyway, you start learning some things, you know. Amen. All right. So, but it ought to get better time. It's supposed to. It's supposed to. And so you got to pray about that and get you a good wife. And, and I've got a good wife. I'm closing here. Uh, you got to admit, we'd been married less than a year. And I said, the Lord's calling us to Walnut Ridge, Arkansas. We moved to Walnut Ridge, Arkansas. She'd just finished in her first year of college. You said, what'd she do? Went with me. She's got to be a little bit crazy to do that. <laughs> hey, she didn't give me any problem. She went with me. That's good, ain't it? I like it. It's, it's wonderful. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. you got to get the right one to start with. Get the right one to start with. All right, now I'm not finished with this. That's the model that we're talking about. And so I've got more to go on this. I've got a, two or three more points. And so next week we'll do a part two. How's that sound? All right, we're going to stop here. Any questions or comments?